the immediate change that happens in their life. And man, and he he's he's crying again, but not out of not of a brokenness, but he's crying out of joy because he's never encountered the, the the presence, the love, the mercy, the kindness, the healing of God like that ever before. And it just he stuck around the whole time, just asking questions, more questions, more questions, and it's just so it's so neat. So um, so. Pray for him. His name is, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> you, you know me well, don't you, honey? His name, I re- his name is Andrew. So pray for Andrew, okay, that uh, he, he's going to get out in two months. And I said, I know a church that you need to come to, and you need to bring your wife to it and start a new life, start a new life. So amazing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to take some time today and share some testimonies with you. I love testimonies. Uh, I love the testimony of worship this morning. I love that we're going to have the testimony of baptism. We have a young man that's getting baptized this morning. And in Psalm 119.2, I love Psalm 119 because if you read through it, it talks about the, the, the wisdom of God, the counsel of God, the statutes, the word of God, and it talks about the testimonies of God. And it says, blessed are those who keep his testimonies. There's something about remembering, declaring, and sharing the testimony of God. God says that when you do that, blessing will come upon your life. Blessing will come upon you. Not just the one that's giving the testimony, but those who are hearing the testimony. It's amazing. That's why testimonies need to be shared over and over and over again. He says, blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with the whole heart. So two things. One, blessing comes as a result of it. Two, it positions us to a place to remember who God is that we would seek after him with our whole heart. Hallelujah. Love it. Love it. So I want Sean to come up here. Sean, where's Sean at? Sean McNamara, come on up here, buddy. Sean said he has a testimony he wants to give this morning. All right, I'm going to share uh, a little bit of a testimony. It's not a testimony necessarily of healing, but of revelation. And... As a business owner, some of you don't know, but I'm a business owner, and I am in charge of several employees, dozen and a half employees, and in my industry, uh, line of work that I'm in, um, I don't know uh, if any of my workers are actually Christian. I know they're probably Christ-friendly, but as to whether or not they're practicing and where their faith is, I'm not sure. So the struggle as a business owner who wants to minister into the life of those that the Lord has put in your care, that can kind of sometimes be challenging, especially in a work environment. But I got stuff all over our walls at work, and one of them is a scripture I'm about to share with you. And for me, when I was a young Christian, it was a little bit confusing for me. But as we get older, we get a little wiser, 
and things start to make sense. Um, and so this, I, I felt compelled one morning to actually just go out on a limb and say, you know what, I really don't care about the legal implications of me preaching or ministering or sharing Jesus or scripture with the people that work for me. <laughs> so I went on a limb, and I actually took down this sign that's on our wall, and it's a, it's a scripture that all of us know. It's Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for peace and not for evil, to give you a hope and a future. When I was younger, I used to always stop at, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. When I was younger, it was like, okay, I sure would like to know what those plans are. Because <laughs> I really want to get on with my life. And so for a lot of my workers, I sense the same thing in them. Uh, maid service, no one really grows up wanting to be a maid um, or clean houses. So a lot of the folks that work for me, I'm sure, have that same question. What am I supposed to do with my life? Maybe some of you ask the same thing. Maybe some of you are at a place where you're like, where am I supposed to be? Um, what is my calling? What am I supposed to do? And so with this scripture, I shared to the folks that work for me what I'm about to share with you, and I wasn't going to share today, but some of you uh, hear words from the Lord when you're in the bathroom, and I was taking a shower, and I was like, okay, God, I'll go ahead and share what you wanted to share. So um, here's what the Lord wants you to be encouraged with, which was the same thing that I saw kind of light up in the eyes of those who work for me. All right, know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. And this is what I felt the Lord zeroed in on. And what he wanted me to get across to not only my workers, but to you guys today. His plans are for peace and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. For those of us who question, where am I supposed to be in life? What am I supposed to be doing? What is my calling? Where am I going? And you've got the question, Lord, what are your plans for me? The Lord would simply say, my plans are for peace and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. And how that's worked out in each of our lives is completely customizable between you and God. I used to think I have to find the will of God and follow after his plan, whatever that plan is, that thing out there that I've got to find or discover. discover. And the Lord is like, no, actually, take a, take a, a you know, zoom out because it's much more simplistic than that. I really want to just bless you. I want to love on you. I want you to be filled with hope and know that you have a future regardless of whatever it is that you're doing. And when I shared that with the, the folks that worked for me, it's like the light went off in their head. So 
I'm going to close with this for you guys today, and that is the Lord specifically told me to draw a line of distinction, that there is a difference between his plans for you and your calling. Your calling, whether a lifelong calling or a seasonal calling, is temporary, but God's plans are permanent. So if you're trying to figure out what is your calling, that's between you and the Lord, and you can customize it any way you like. Seek Him, look for Him, follow after Him, but just know that His plans are for whatever you end up doing, He's right there with you, He's got peace for you, He's got hope, and you have a future with Him. That's the testimony. Amen. That's great, Sean. How many of you needed to hear that? Uh, wow. Isn't that great? Isn't God right on? Okay, Janet and John, come up here. John, the other Sunday, one of the Sundays that I was actually here, uh, uh, was sharing a testimony with me, and I said, wow, that's an amazing testimony. I said, you need to share that when we do Testimony Sunday. So he's like, well, you know, I don't, I'm not sure. And I said, you'll be great. Come on up here. So you see how eager he is? And yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I texted him yesterday or emailed him. I said, John, you know, just to remind you, I'd love for you to share. And he said, you know, Doug, I, you know, I, I, I'm not really good at getting in front of people. It will be a miracle. And I said, well, I love miracles on Sundays. So, uh, so who's going first here? Come on, John. Hey, buddy. Okay. So I'm going to um, pretty much paint this with a, a broad brush. Now I'm going to jam fill in the, uh, <clears throat> the details. But about 25, 27 years ago, I was diagnosed with celiac sprue, which is an intestinal disease. And um, it took me down pretty hard, and we went to this uh, gastro doctor and did all the tests and all this stuff. And he says, well, you've got celiac, so the only way that you're going to, there's no healing for it. You just have to just adapt to it, and you go to a totally gluten-free diet. And we're talking 28 years ago, right? And there wasn't a whole lot of known about it. So we did the best that we could and uh, struggled through the pain. And um, about 2004, um, it hit me really, really hard. Um, I lost about 30 pounds in one month. Um, I went to the doctors. The doctor sent me over to the uh, Cancer Institute of Virginia. Um, said, you've got stomach cancer. And because um, we were sticking to the diet. So uh, they did a bunch of, the, all the white blood cell counts were like so off the charts. And um, so um, we uh, did a lot of uh, overseas short-term missions. So Janet just got on the Internet and just asked all of our people around the world to just pray, pray, pray. And uh, went back to the doctor, and about a month later, they couldn't find nothing. So that was, that was the praise there. But the celiac was still there. And um, so we got this scanner, this barcode scanner. And uh, so everything that I went through, I had to just scan everything because it's amazing. Hot dogs, licorice, modified food starch is a killer. I didn't know that. So all this stuff was going into me. So we were really, really good up until... Uh, 
like last year, it was everything was going good, everything was going fine, you know, just the normal pain that you live with. And um, Jane and I were talking about it yesterday. I think it was Brian Bassett. I'm not really sure. It was last summer. He was up there. Bill Benton. Bill Bennett. And he was asked if anybody had any abdominal pain. Right? And um, so I'm always raising my hand when I hear that because, you know, I'm, I'm looking for a healing. I'm believing in healing. And, um, and um, so I went left that day. And um, when I tell you the rest of the story, I'm going to tell you, looking back, I believe I was healed that day. But what I, the pain that I would experience, it would be like touching fire and burning. So I didn't want to just test it and eat something because I was so sensitive to the point where we had two toasters. And Janet just said, heck with this, we're just going to go totally gluten-free. So long story short, I believe I was healed but didn't know about it at the time. And Janet and I, with some partners, owned some um, property together. (laughs) And my other partner called Janet one morning and said, hey, is John doing okay, you know? And he said, Jan said, yeah, yeah, he's doing fine. He says, well, I got this thing in the letter. It was one of our banks that we have a note with saying that I had passed away. <laughs> and that um, their, their condolences and all of this, this is when it really started. Because if you think about it, I was healed, but I didn't know about it. So I believe this was God saying, hey, look, you're healed, and I'm going to just wake you up to it. <laughs> and, uh, well, that was fine. So we went back and realized we had this note for about 10 years realized that the social security numbers were, were a little bit off, so we got that straight. And then about a month later, it was right after you guys got back from uh, the, the uh, Mexico trip, Janet and Doug went, and uh, you, you told me that you, t- you, you stood in front of the, the, uh, the church that morning on your last day and said, are you ready for a miracle? Well, you know, I heard God say something similar to that to me. And um, that, that several weeks after that, I got dramatically sick again, really bad. And um, I said, okay, here we go again. I don't want to take no time off. I'm not spending the money. It's just I got, so, I got so numb to it, so used to the pain that it wasn't nothing. So Janet basically uh, said, well, we're going to get you to a doctor. And I said, that's fine. This is in November now. I said, if I don't have to, and I work for UPS, so everybody knows what November and December is like, okay? I said, I'll go and I'll do anything I want if I don't have to take no time off. And um, she'll tell you the rest of that. So we went and um, all the blood tests, all this came back negative. Um, The um, doctors tested and tested. It's like, okay, you want to test again? Fine, test again. I'm healed. So we we kept going through all these tests. Repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. Come back negative, 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 negative. And... um, and after that, I've uh, not been sick at all. So I got this phone call from, and all the phone calls would come to Janet because I, because Janet did everything. You know, I'm on the road all the time, and the the, the, the Janet called me and said, "Hey, the nurse just called, and your blood tests are all normal." And uh, I tell you what, for the last last 30 minutes after she hung up, it was a, a major praise fest going on, and uh, <laughs> I got to this truck stop. And the first thing I did was in there, and I bought a pizza, and I had a, a fest. Uh, and, uh, and I said, I said, God, I'm not testing you. I'm believing you. And I ate that pizza, and nothing happened. 
Okay? And uh, so uh, um, I'm going to let Janet kind of like share the rest of it. But, but the amazing thing of this is because there's healings for a lot of things. But if you go on the Internet and you go on anywhere you go and you type up celiac sprue, right, it says there is no known cure. There's no known cure. And Janet shared something with me yesterday that she contacted that association and basically didn't agree with that. And uh, so uh, I'm going to let Janet just fill in because there's so much in between that that she's better off telling you about. Just to tell you how serious it was, we, like John mentioned, the separate, t- separate toasters. We had separate butter, separate mayonnaise, anything that could be cross-contaminated. Because some celiac um, sprue patients, that they could have a little bit. John could have none. He was that um, allergic to it. So once my wonderful husband agreed to go to the doctor after months and months of asking, and then we women sometimes learn just to shut up and pray, well, I just shut up and pray. It's like, okay, he's going to be ready when he's ready. And as God would have things, one of my clients was a gastro doctor, and I said, hey, Sanjeev is back in their life. What do you think? So anyhow, he agreed. And so Sanjeev set us up with one of his partners. This was, we got in the doctor within a week, and it was Thanksgiving week, which is like, you know, unheard of getting anything that fast. Um, we went in on a Tuesday. The doctor's poking around on John, and he says the word lymphoma. Well, immediately I said, we're not accepting that. And then he's poking around more and more, and then he says, I feel like you have an enlarged spleen. And I'm thinking, we ain't accepting that either. But, you know, so, and again, no disrespect to the medical field at all, okay, none. So he orders tests. We go up to the nurse's desk and we're sitting there and she says well when would you like the test and I said and she goes when would you like them and where would you like them I said tomorrow morning is fine and anywhere we'll go anywhere well the expression on her face was like really lady you want the test tomorrow do you not realize it's Thanksgiving week we were able to get two tests on Wednesday and the third test on Friday so God showed up it was just awesome so um Throughout all of this, we, we had a piece. The first go-around 15 years ago, we didn't have that piece. Um, but we had a piece about this. And I'm going to say in a minute some people that we had praying for us. And there's many people's names I'm not going to ask, I mean, not going to say, so don't get offended. Um, but there are some people from Harvest. There's people from Deep Passion. There were people, friends of ours. But this was new to me. God was very specific of who to ask to pray. Well, I wanted everybody praying, okay? But God's like, no, these specific people. Our families did not even know. And I'm like, whew, okay, that's a new one to me. But anyhow, so we did. Once the following Sunday after these tests, Tiffany met me at the door just to give me her wonderful greeting, and I went, I need you to pray for John. And she's like, okay, what's going on? But at that time, Tim Sowers walked in. I need you to pray for John. So the two of them went over and prayed for John. So then the next week, we're getting all the results in. And some of the results were like, yes, he has enlarged spleen. Yes, blah, blah, blah. 
But the one thing was the celiac blood test came back negative. So we're like praising the Lord. It's like, oh, these others, oh, what a big deal. So the next week, Tim and Keisha, Keisha prayed over John. And I'm standing in worship, worshiping with the John, whoops, and I had my arm around him like this. I had this hand right here. Y'all, there was a huge mass right here on his stomach, huge, bigger than my hand. And I looked up at him, and he goes, and I'm like, <laughs> so, all right, so then the next thing in December, this is all happened in November. December, we go to a CAT scan. His spleen is fine. It's not enlarged at all. So, again, God showed up. Real quick on that one, I'm going to say that when, when Tim and, and uh, Tiffany were, were praying for me, with that, I told Tiffany and I told Tim that I felt this, this burning like a fire coming out of my pinky. And I, I just think it was God releasing me of it. And uh, yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. So during the first round of tests in November, the, um, some other blood work showed, I don't even know what it was, something, the numbers weren't correct, and he wanted us to go to an endocrinologist. So it's like you're just kind of jumping through these hoops. It's like, okay, what's up this week? You know, so we were just jumping through the hoops. But all along, having a wonderful peace. So... Um, December, the CAT scan, the blood work, the biopsy showed no celiac sprue. Everything was fine. February appointment, we went to the endocrinologist, blood work again. All the numbers that the reason we were there seeing her, everything was fine. Even she did a celiac sprue. So this is the third test for celiac at this point. That came back normal. So when these people would call me and say normal, I'm like, you mean normal? He doesn't have celiac? So it's like I wanted to hear it again, normal. So then in the middle of February, John goes to get his colonoscopy. This is funny. Oh. So, uh, so I'm uh, laying on the bed with all this stuff on me and with the gown on, right? And I'm um, getting ready to go under, and then the doctor comes in and says, hey, how you doing? And I was like lit up, man. I was, I was so excited. I said, man, I've been healed. I told I was, I said, I've been healed. I said, I've been healed. God healed me. And I said, I'm from Pennsylvania originally. I said, I've been eating hoagies. I've been eating uh, 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 soft pretzels. And I've been, I've been eating a boatload of stuff that I shouldn't be eating. And he says, he says, and then the nurse in the background, she says, you go, boy. And and he kind of looked back at her like you know, and uh, he says he says you knock it off. He says it's going to come back at you. I says no no no. I says I've been healed. I says I've been healed. And I ain't got to worry about it. And this has been like four months ago. And Janet will tell you my diet, and you probably will not be happy with it. So when the, the the nurse called him, and the results were fine with the colonoscopy and also more blood work. And she called John and said that, again, the celiac showed no celiac. Well, then John, the guy, hung up the phone. God spoke to John and said, you need to call back that young lady and witness to her. So John called back the nurse, witnessed to her, which is awesome. The Holy Spirit just moved. But talking about the things to Leah you would not be happy with, we were in, right after this, we were um, in big lots, and I couldn't find John. I'm like, where'd John go? And I'm like, okay, I'll just go up front and wait for him. Well, John's got long arms. He comes up. He's got cookies and candy, and I'm like, what are you doing? He says, I haven't had this in 30 years. So anyhow, 
So, so we give God the glory. Did you want to say the baseball thing? Okay. So we just give God the glory. And we just want to say to you guys, if you have something going on, get prayer. Prayer works. And he's the great physician. You know, I'm not saying don't go to the medical thing. I'm not saying that. Seek him and his wisdom and his advice. Just one thing, one word of encouragement that that I've learned. You know, these things, if you can find something that you've learned about. What I've learned about is is that God is is all power. And there's nothing that he can't do. And when this happens, I have no right to say I can't believe it. Because that would be wrong. I was telling Janet the other day that, that we have a 34-year-old son who's, who's a really good ball player, and when he was in, in T-ball, he would touch the fence with the ball every now and again, and, and that wouldn't say, I can't believe he did that. That's proper. You can say, I can't believe he did it. because it's, But with God, when something happens like this, we should say that we, should, we almost should expect it, but be excited and, and, and just want to tell everybody. So that's, that's what I've actually learned off of it, so that when, when things like this happen... This is his, this is his, this is what he does. Okay. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? Hallelujah. Awesome. Awesome. Just real quick, I have to do this as a result of this testimony. Is there anybody here that you have been just struggling through some type of chronic condition that has been there for a long time? Just stand up right now, okay? If that's you, I want you to stand up, okay? I want us to quickly, I want us to, some, each of us, go to, go to this person, lay hands on them, and let's declare the, the power of this testimony what a testimony does is it says, God can do it again. So, Father, we declare over these people this morning that we're praying for that, God, what you can do in bodies where there's been chronic conditions, Father, of, of, of pain, disease, anything, Father, we break that chain right now in Jesus' name, and we declare healing, God, over every person here this morning that says, I need it. I need it. I need a healing over this chronic condition over my life. In Jesus' name, we declare that. We declare that. We declare that. God is good. God is good. God is able. He's more than able. We thank you, Lord God, that we believe it this morning. We believe it this morning in Jesus' name. Just continue to take a few more minutes to just pray right now. Just pray over Declare the power of God. Declare the greatness of God in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. All right. I'm believing that something... Is being deposited. Something is being manifested right now in lives and bodies. Like with John, it, he didn't notice it for, for a little bit of time. But when, it, when, when that prayer came forth and it happened, 
he was healed. When he claimed what Bill Bennett said, he believed, I'm healed. But he had to walk it out, and he walked it out. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Rifle, do you need to do anything to, to change or anything, buddy? Okay, you're good. Okay. Amen. We've got a couple more testimonies, and we're going to, what we're going to do is that when we finish with a testimony, we're going to have a water baptism right in the back here, back corner where there's a little bit more room to stand up on the deck and out in the parking lot area. Uh, this young man is getting baptized. Uh, he said, listen, I want, to, I want to be baptized. And so this is a, this is a wonderful moment in this life. And we want to just, we want to celebrate. Amen. We want to celebrate. So, Joanna, come on up here, honey. So, I'm going to be sharing the testimony of this baby today. I'm so excited to finally be able to um, release uh, the testimony of what God has done. Um, God just took me on an incredible journey of... Um, getting pregnant with her, and um, he just did so much. I'm not, I don't even have time to tell you all the things that he did, um, but I'm going to give you the short version, um, but I just want to glorify God um, and just thank him for the amazing thing that he did for us. Um, so um, to really share this baby story, I have to go back a little bit um, to before we were married. So when Caleb and I were engaged, um, we went on a trip um, to China for a month, and while we were being driven there by a friend, he was prophesying over us, um, and he was prophesying. He said, I felt like, he felt like um, my first baby was going to be a boy, and that he was going to be a worshiper and play on the piano, um, which makes a lot of sense, because that's what Caleb does, um, and while we were in China, I was reading through Genesis, and I read the verse about um, Leah giving birth to uh, Judah and his name meaning praise. And I was like, that's that baby's name. This baby's name is Judah. Um, so fast forward, we got married August 2015. And then uh, January 26th, we, I found out I was pregnant by accident. Um, <laughs> it was a very happy oops, um, but we were really excited. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't supposed to happen that quick, <laughs> but, but we were really excited, um, but then on uh, March 1st, I went in, we, Caleb and I went in for the first appointment, and we had the ultrasound, and the baby was measuring too small, um, the baby was supposed to be uh, 10 weeks along, but the baby was only measuring 7 weeks, and there wasn't any heartbeat, um, so it was very... It was so sad to lose our first baby. And I still miss that baby so much. But I'm so happy that I have that prophetic word because I feel like I know who my baby was and I know my baby's name. And even though it's so sad, I know that my baby's in heaven and that my baby's being taken care of by the Father. And that my baby's never going to know a sad day. That's um, never going to have to feel the pain of this world. So um, we are so heartbroken. Um, I spent a lot of time crying and pouring my heart out to the Lord. Um, but one of the verses that I really clung to was from Isaiah 61. Um, and it's, uh, instead of your shame, there shall be a double portion. Instead of dishonor, they shall rejoice in their lot. 
Therefore, in their land they shall have a double portion. They shall have everlasting joy. And I really loved this part. For I, the Lord, love justice, and I hate robbery and wrong. I will faithfully give them their recompense, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their offspring shall be known among the nations and their descendants in the midst of the people. All who see them shall acknowledge them that they are an offspring the Lord has blessed. So it took me um, a couple months to feel ready to try and get pregnant again um, because, um, you know, sadly, if you have one miscarriage, it does not make you immune to having another one. Um, And I had to get to a place where I trusted God and that I wouldn't be um, having an anxiety attack every day worrying about losing the next baby. Um, So, um, and I had to believe with my entire being that God was good no matter what happened. So finally, it was November of 2016, and I told Caleb, I think I'm ready now. So, um, and Caleb had actually had the name um, Eva, which is this baby's name, Uh, Eva Dawn, I think, even before we decided to start trying. So um, uh, so Eva means life, and Dawn is the beginning. So her name, Eva Dawn, means beginning of new life. And I knew um, whenever I had um, this baby that it was going to be a beginning of new life for me, not just being a new mom, but also um, finally having um, a baby in my arms after losing one. Um, and then uh, there's a term called rainbow baby. Uh, it's uh, a term for a baby that's born after a miscarriage. So it's while you're still in the storm of the loss, um, there's a bright spot of that, of that rainbow. So uh, I would color rainbows in my journal and write her name over top of them and uh, dream about the day that I would get to have her. And I was hoping and hoping and hoping for my baby. But there was nothing. And I was really, really confused because I got pregnant when I wasn't trying. And when I was trying, nothing was happening. And it was very, very frustrating. Um, So, um, and then, so I started to get really discouraged. And then um, around uh, March, my cycle started getting really crazy. And I was having lots of irregular bleeding. Um, And the doctors checked me out. I had an ultrasound on my uterus to see if there were, like, polyps or anything like that. And it was perfectly normal. Um, so, um, uh, and then they actually checked, uh, my progesterone to see if my progesterone was too low, and it was actually higher than what they expect for women who are having trouble conceiving. So that wasn't it either, which is also frustrating. Um, and then Easter weekend, uh, Caleb and I were home in Pennsylvania, uh, and my family lives up there, and we were getting together with some friends, um, And uh, one of the girls that we were meeting up with, she had made a necklace like the day before or something. It was a green stone with silver wire wrapped around it. Um, And she said, I really feel like the Lord wants me to give you this. And she said, the green stone represents new life. And the wire wrapped around it is protection around that life. And I knew that was like God like telling me, I'm going to protect your baby. Um, And then uh, the next day when we were at church, one of my friends came up to me in the bathroom and she said, I had this dream last night that I was bagging up all my maternity clothes for you. Um, So that was, and she had known I was trying to get pregnant um, and was having a tough time. So that was like, you know, the Lord like reminding me again. Um, And I knew that the Lord had promised to me that I would be a mom 
like every time Caleb and I get prayed over, people say something about me having a mother's heart, like over and over and over again. There's no doubt in my mind that God had called me to be a mom. Um, And even though I didn't have any children that anyone could see, I believed it in my heart. And I knew that God was not a liar and that I would see his goodness in the land of the living. And then Mark 11:24 says, Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you are receiving it and it will be yours. So last July, when Ryan Basters came, I was still not pregnant, um, uh, but he was up here on Sunday morning and he was sharing um, the word for the church, whatever um, you'll possess with your, or what you possessed with your heart, you will possess with your feet. And I was like, that is my word. Like, that word was for everybody, but that was my word. Um, and I knew that was about me coming um, to a place of transition from being just a mom in my heart to being a mom with a baby in my arms. Um, and the Lord also told me that the next time Ryan came, I would either be pregnant or have a baby. And last time when he was here, I was eight months pregnant. Um, so, uh, two weeks after Ryan came, I was uh, working um, with a youth group at a family camp. Um, I, I was, um, me and another youth leader were in charge of the teenagers for the week. And the one night we were having a bonfire, and we had been talking about um, something, you know, having something uh, that's weighing you down, that's keeping you uh, from, from being close to God. And so we did a very youth group thing. <laughs> We have, so we have a bonfire. He passed out a log to each of the kids and said, okay, think about what's holding you back from God and then throw it into the fire. Um, and this is such a youth group thing to do. Like you have to, you have to do like tear something up or burn something with teenagers. I don't know why. <laughs> but um, so he gave one to me and I was thinking, I'm the youth leader. I'm, I don't have anything. I'm good. Um, (laughs) uh, But then um, I realized, actually, that I wasn't really trusting God to get me pregnant, that I was actually trying really hard in my own strength to get pregnant. Um, And all it was doing was really, really stressing me out, um, and that was not the Lord. So, because God is not stress. Um, So I gave up trying. Um, So I had been doing a lot of stuff like taking a fertility supplement and taking ovulation predictors and obsessively checking what cycle day it was like five times a day um, and, uh, and stuff. I was doing all this stuff. So I just stopped everything. I was like, I'm going to try, only check once a day what day it is. And uh, I, stopped. I didn't do an ovulation predictor. Um, I didn't uh, I, I, um, stopped taking the fertility supplement, which was great because it was something that I put in my water and made my water taste like dirt and it was so nasty I was really happy to stop taking that um so and I even just like gave up on taking my prenatal vitamin I just um gave up my effort and I did, we just went with the flow so waiting to get pregnant is a, a really hard journey it's different from waiting for something else because every month you get your hopes up um, and every month you have your hopes disappointed um, and it's just a very exhausting emotional roller coaster to be on this up and down and up and down and hoping and trying not to get your hopes up too high and then getting disappointed again and again. Um, and uh, so I, it was really hard, you know, trying to get pregnant. And I was also sad because I was still missing uh, the baby that I didn't have either. Um, so one day I was at work. Um, this was, uh, I don't know, maybe a month after I had that bonfire experience. Um, and it was getting close to the end of the month again, and I was thinking, I don't think I'm pregnant again. Um, 
and I was just feeling so sad, um, and uh, I was crying off and on the whole day. I was being very unproductive, saying, thankfully, I was the only person at work because I got nothing done. Um, so finally, I just left work, and it was pouring rain, and uh, I was sitting in my car, and I said, God, I really want to see a rainbow today because of the rainbow baby. Uh, and I really just want another reminder um, to just show me that you're, that you're still going to do this. So uh, I went out running errands, and I kind of forgot about it, and I had picked Caleb up from work, and we were coming home, and then out my side mirror, I saw this really bright, vibrant rainbow. Um, and yeah, I took a picture of it. Um, it doesn't really do it justice. It was so much brighter um, in person, but I was like, we like, were pulling off the highway. I was like, it's a rainbow! Ah! And I like took a picture of it and stuff, um, but yeah, I was so amazed. Um, that God did that for me. Like, God had told me so many times again and again that um, he was going to make me a mom. Um, and, uh, but um, the first promise really should have been enough for me, but it wasn't. Um, and God was so kind and spoke to me again and again. When I was feeling discouraged, God would give me another reminder. Um, almost every month, God gave me a reminder that he was going to make me a mom. Um, and I wrote down every single one of them because I wanted to remember what God did for me. So that was on a Tuesday. So a few days later, on Sunday, I decided I couldn't wait anymore, and I wanted to take a pregnancy test. And I took it, and I was really expecting it to be negative, and it was positive. I was like, this isn't right. <laughs> I was like, this isn't real. So I took another one, and it was positive again. I was like, Caleb, I'm pregnant. And we were so, so happy that God answered our prayer. Um, so that was the first month that I just gave up trying, that I didn't try to do anything, and God came in and made it happen. Um, so uh, I believe through me sharing my testimony today that the Lord wants to release babies um, to people, natural babies, but even um, things that uh, if there's been a promise that the Lord has spoken over to you that you've been contending for and you need breakthrough, I really feel like the Lord wants to give you breakthrough today. Um, so I just wanted to declare this verse over you. This is Psalm 145, 16 through 19, and this was a verse that I prayed into a lot while I was waiting to get pregnant. Um, it says, you open your hand, you satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. So, Lord Jesus, whatever it is that people are waiting for breakthrough for, if they're praying for a baby, if there's a promise that you've spoken over them that they're contending for, Lord, I just ask that you release it now from heaven in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, even in the waiting, I pray that you strengthen everybody's heart to be faithful to you and trust that you mean what you say, that you're not a liar. You're not a liar and your promises are true. Amen. It was so funny. I guess it was a little bit after that. I knew that these guys were really believing God for a baby. And I was sitting up here. Joanna was sitting back about where Rob was sitting. And I remember looking back, and she's eating crackers. And I thought, ah, <laughs> somebody's pregnant. <laughs> so I just went over later. I said, so what's going on? What's going on? 
He said, why? Why? I said, I, I, I know. Don't worry about it. I won't say anything. So it's really cool. Amen. Guys, do we have time for one more testimony? We've got to have this testimony. I think there's a couple of others that were today, but I'm going to, next week we'll have more opportunity for some testimonies. But uh, I just want to say one thing. Sean, when you said that you had 12 and a half employees, I don't know. I really want to meet that half employee. You know, I don't know what I'm going to be looking at, but that half employee, I've got to, I got to meet that one. So, Marvin, come up here. Come on, Marvin. All right. I love a testimony of becoming a new creation. And this man here, just right before our eyes, has become a new creation. So, Marvin. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, Just a little background. I was... uh, Born in Russia, a couple of months before the end of World War II, into a Jewish household. Uh, lived in a displaced persons camp in Germany before I came to America. Uh, started schools, could, couldn't speak a word of English. Uh, took some beatings, you know, and when I did learn how to speak, uh, Stuff I heard was like, uh, <clears throat> you killed God, and uh, it wasn't really pleasant, but I got over it. Uh, about half my life, I didn't believe in God at all. You know, to me, there was no God uh, with the Holocaust and all of that. I blamed, you know, I, I just couldn't believe there was a God. In my 30s, I met a really good friend of mine. Uh, He was reading the Bible, and I noticed, and and I asked him what he was reading and if it was a good book. And, uh, you know, he said, yeah. And he he gave me one. He gave me the King James Version. And I started to read it. And uh, things started to click. Uh, Most of my life, I believed in, uh, you know, science, you know, the, the Big Bang and, you know, uh, evolution, stuff like that. And reading the Bible, I, my eyes started to open up slowly at first. Uh, in 1931, a Belgian priest named George Lemaitre proposed this thing called the Big Bang. What he didn't propose is where this Big Bang came from. Somebody had to light that fuse. You know, that's, you know, nothing creates itself, not in my mind. And I can't think of anybody that would say that, well, excuse me, uh, Stephen Hawking, rest in peace, uh, before he passed away, he uh, said that the Big Bang happened because it had to happen. No. You know, a, a tree does not grow itself. It comes from a seed. You know, uh, somebody lit that fuse and it was God, you know. That's what I believe. And then reading in the the Bible uh, that God created man, and I thought back to Darwin about his uh, evolution theory that man came 
we evolved from apes. You know, and I think to myself, if we evolved from apes, how come they're still apes? You know, it, it just didn't make sense, you know. And also, God said that to Adam that, you know, from the dust of the earth, I made you, and to the dust you'll return. And I like to read. I love science, you know. So I read stuff, and there's this thing called the periodic table of the elements, and I, did, I found out that the elements in an adult human are the same elements that you find on planet Earth. You know, so there goes that. And it, it just goes, it goes on and on. You know, uh, the uh, God, you know, is, is there. I believe in miracles. Because I, I look around, and this planet that, that we live on is an amazing place. I mean, I can, I can picture in my mind what Eden looked like, you know, how beautiful that must have been. When I think about what I see now, and this is not Eden, and, and you know, this, I've, I've seen some beautiful things in this world, you know, I mean, amazing things. God, you know, created us. I believe he really loves us. And most importantly, I believe that he gave us his son who took away our sins. You know, that I believe. It's, uh, it, it amazes me that I missed out so much of life, you know, not knowing the Lord. You know, recently I was diagnosed with uh, cancer and uh, the day the doctor told me, I kind of panicked, you know. But the next day, I remembered something that I read and it said, be still and know that I am God. You know, and, and I believe that. And I'm not worried about it. You know, the, the doc said the prognosis was good, you know. So I'll deal with it as it comes. And I know that I got someone back in me. Uh, I, I got God back there and he's behind me and I know he'll take care, you know. And, uh, oh, there's one other thing. <laughs> recently, recently I, uh, when I closed my eyes recently, I saw Jesus. I, re I really did. And it blew, my, it blew me away. It really blew my mind. I mean, the, he was standing there in this most brilliant white robe thing. I don't know what you call them. And he had this long brown hair and this beautiful complexion. And it just, I, I was like, dumbfounded. I, I just didn't know what to think. And it, it was an amazing thing. And, and um, I don't know what to say, honestly. You know, I didn't write anything down. I didn't prepare any of, anything that I was going to say. Um, and uh, Pastor Doug reminded us that today is Pentecost. It, in, the, in the Jewish religion, it's uh, called Shavuot. 
It's the day that God gave the people of Israel the Torah, the, the Pentateuch, the first five books of Moses. So I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for God. And uh, yeah. I'm grateful that I got people here that back me up and that pray for me. God bless you all. Amen. Marvin, come up, come back up here, buddy. We're not, we're not finished with you yet. Hey, my friend, I just feel like I, I, I know many of us do. Uh, we want to just take a moment and pray over you, my friend, that because uh, we know that the the healing power of God is working within you, and and I know you know that too. And uh, we're standing with you, my friend. We love you. We are in awe of what God is doing in your life, Marvin, and and that uh, God God brought you back. Uh, you really, friend. Uh, mo- many of us were grafted in. We had the the pleasure of being grafted in, but, but you're a true son. You're a true son, and we're brothers. You know, because of Christ, because of our Messiah, Christ. So we're going to all stand, we're going to pray over Marvin, and then we're going to go and have fun at a baptism here, okay? Amen. Rifle, you want to pray, buddy? Lord, we thank you that your word does not return to you void, but it will accomplish everything for which you have sent it. So we thank you that your word states that by the stripes of Jesus, that this son of yours was healed. 2,000 years ago when you died on the cross, Lord, you took every sickness, infirmity, sin upon yourself so that right now, Lord, life and death are in the power of our tongues and we speak life to this body in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that your word works. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. It will go in between heart and soul and spirit, Lord, in between bone and marrow and reveal the issues of the heart, Lord. So we thank you, Lord, for a heart that has been renewed We thank you for a body that has been made renewed, Lord, in Jesus' name. And from the crown of this brother's head, Lord, to the soles of his feet, we speak healing, we speak health in the name of Jesus. We speak prosperity of soul, that every thought that which does not come from you in the name of Jesus, we bind, we take authority over that, bring it into the obedience of Christ Jesus, Lord, so that this will be a testimony unto you, that when the doctors look, Lord, And they said the prognosis was good. There will be no prognosis in Jesus' name because the blood has healed this body. The blood has taken away that cancer. In the name of Jesus, cancer be removed from this body now in Jesus' name. On the molecular level, every cell that is not providing and producing the life of Jesus be gone. Remove yourself from this body in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, right now, replace every broken cell with life, permeating the life of Jesus in this body, Lord. The blood flowing through His veins right now, producing life, producing light, producing love in the name of Jesus. We stand together. We come in agreement. And we say, Lord, according to Your Word, right now, body, be whole in the name of Jesus Every bit of cancer dry up and be gone. And we thank you, Lord, that your word says, when we speak to the mountain and do not doubt in our hearts, 
Those things which we say shall be done for us. And we've even heard with the baby's testimony today, when you speak to the mountain, when you pray, you believe and you will have what you have asked. And right now we receive healing in this body in Jesus' mighty name. And we decree health and bless you and thank you and praise you, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jesus, who is forever the same, who healed and still heals right now in Jesus' name. God bless this body, be whole and well in the name of Jesus. And everybody agrees, and we say amen. Amen. Yeah. Let's give them a praise. Let's give them a shout. Hallelujah. Just wanted to let you know as we go out, uh, I encourage you probably to go out by the walkway to the back parking lot. Back over here, it's a little muddy because of all the rain we've been having, and I don't want you to get your shoes messed up or anything like that. But you can watch from the, the, uh, the deck area, whatever. But, Father, we thank you for this morning. God, we thank you for all the wonderful testimonies. And, God, we just step in now. Father, to this just wonderful moment of, uh, of just testimony of baptism, water baptism. And God, we just rejoice with our, with our young brother that's getting baptized this morning that uh, God has just be a, a very special moment for him and his family. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you're dismissed. Let's go on around and let's, uh, let's take part.